Welcome to the People Leaders Podcast, the audio resource for managers and business leaders creating high-performing teams. Join leadership and team development experts Jan and Michelle Turkelson each week as they explore both subjects from every angle. Through practical tips, valuable insights, and compelling interviews with leadership experts around the world, you'll learn how to bring out the best in your staff and how to give your best as a leader. Hi, Jan. How are you today? Excellent. Oh, fantastic. Well, this bite-sized episode today, I was going to say this morning, because it is this morning, (laughs) is about this brain-based model for collaborating with and influencing others that is becoming incredibly popular and is, and the reason it's so popular is because it is very useful. Yeah. Very, and, very useful. And I think it's a, a really easy way to remember and act upon some of those social triggers that can generate whether or not we approach someone or whether or not we avoid someone. And in a leadership environment, we need to be able to influence people and influence outcomes. And if we can have an easy model to incorporate into our day-to-day interactions, we're just going to be a lot more uh, productive, effective and ultimately influential because that's what we need to be. That's right. So this model called the SCARF model, they call it a brain-based model. And the reason they say it's a brain-based model is because it's using some of the latest research in social neuroscience. So why don't we just jump straight to it and we give a big picture overview. And basically the overarching theme is that for almost, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, the two main motivations that we have are to move towards pleasure and away from pain. You know, are you friend or foe? Uh, am I going to receive a reward or a threat? Yeah, do I need to be defensive mm. or be on the attack? Correct. So the aim of the model is to explore these in the context of five social dimensions. So there are three central themes. So the brain treats any social situation with either a threat or a reward response based on how you perceive it. Uh, the capacity to make decisions and problem solving is reduced when there is that feeling that there's a threat response. So when you're under threat, which has huge implications for managing people, mm. because if I feel threatened, my capacity to problem solve is going to be significantly reduced. Yeah. And the threat response, here's the other, you know, here's the other kicker. The threat response is even more intense and more common. So what are the implications for managers? You just need to be more, even more aware and more mindful of the impact that you are having on others. Mm. Yeah, especially if you want them to be effective. You know, you want people to be in a state of receptivity. Correct. So let's jump into this model. So what's the model called, Jen? So it's a SCARF model and it stands for Status, Certainty, Autonomy, Relatedness and Fairness, S-C-A-R-F. And what I like about this this model of influence is that it's easy to remember and once you hear it one time, you think, oh, my God, yes, I could apply it tomorrow. That's what I really like about it. It's very practical. And these five social dimensions, we could call them, are, again, status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. And then what we're going to do is let's just step through each of them, um, explain what they are, and give some hints and tips on the implications for managing people. Mm. So the first one is status, and this is really about the importance relative to others. So- yes, so how, how important am I relative to you? 
And I was saying to a group the other day, where else does this play out more predominantly than in the workplace? Mm. There are symbols everywhere. Um, identifying whether somebody has more status than another. Yeah. And one sense of status goes up when we feel better than another person. person that's right. And this can add to this competitive environment, yeah. holding information, as opposed to what do we actually really want our team members to do and our leaders to do. We want them to be open. We want them to be responsive and to share information. So can you see how there is a little bit of tension that plays out in having to... I suppose, manage our emotions and what are important to us, but also being an effective leader. So perception of a, you know, reduction in status can really generate a strong threat response in someone else. Absolutely. And that's why things like taking away somebody's title, for example, or if they had what consider, you know, considered the corner office. Their those, desk even with the agile desk, working space. That's right. The all threats to potential threats to people's um status. Mm. So be mindful of yeah, it. Yeah, so be mindful of it, but also have conversations around that. Mm. Because the more that people know, the more that they can have the definition and awareness to manage their emotions through that and this the response that are coming up. That's right. So an example that we can use the, the status in relating to people and collaborating. Oh, perfect one is being left out of an activity, being left out of, you know, what's going on or being in the know. There was this really interesting study by Eisenberger and it's, and basically he, they just found that, you know, it generated a very strong threat response and a reduction in status when colleagues showed that they were left out of an activity. It lit up the same areas of the brain as physical pain mm. yeah so even simple things using language mm. so instead of i think we should do this we yes. our so that inclusiveness language really will make a difference to getting people on board feeling included and therefore influencing know, an outcome just that term my team when i, I think, think yeah. <laughs> uh as opposed to our team and we think and it really does have an impact mm, on mm. somebody's view of status. Next one is certainty. So this is really concerned about being able to predict the future. You know, the brain craves certainty so that it can predict what is possible and perhaps be on guard and have a plan A, B and C in case something does shift. So we all like certainty. Oh, absolutely. It plays out uh, so clearly in ch change programs and that's that's the real area that or the social dimension that we're playing into mm. if we're going to do change management mm. really well. And when we do change programs, Michelle, you know, the one thing that we say is you can't over-communicate. Mm. When people say we're getting too much communication, then you're most probably hitting the mark. Mm. It's the way in which and the, the avenues and the channels that you use that you need to be creative because some people are going to hear emails as just white noise. However, face-to-face, -face, interactions, text, Texting, videos, you know, walk and talk, brown paper bag lunches, all these things are going to include people into what is actually happening and provide them a sense of certainty. That's right. So establishing clear expectations. I will let you know as communication comes to me. I don't have anything at the moment, but as soon as I do, I, I will let you know. This is what I do know. Mm. And even if you hear yourself reporting... Re 
hearing yourself say over and over, this is what I do know, that's okay. Mm. And then they know, oh, okay, that's all this person does know because I'm hearing the same thing at the moment. And then as a leader, what can you do to instill this sense of certainty by being clear? Mm. So even though we know there is a lot of change coming, this is what I would expect from you mm. moving forward. So they have that sense of certainty in their in their day-to-day operations and interactions. The next one, autonomy. Autonomy really does provide a sense of control over events. So certainty was about predicting the future. This is about do I have control over over events and also being able to control the environment and maybe what we the choices that we have and that's it that you hit the nail on the head jen in terms of choices the more choices that you can give people then the increase in their autonomy or their feeling of autonomy so a perfect example is this whole performance review issue here i want to give you feedback on your uh performance a way of increasing autonomy would be to let the person give feedback on their own performance yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you yeah. know what you were saying before, Michelle, when someone says, you know, can I give you feedback? It lights up the same area in the yeah, brain. Yeah, it's like <laughs> physical pain. pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's interesting because we often say that to each other, can I give you feedback? However, we have a really deep no like trust factor. Yeah. But for someone else, yeah. perhaps the question is, if I were to give you feedback, what do you think that would be mm. in relation to this particular area? Because a lot of people, especially in you know reasonably senior positions, have a certain level of awareness. Now, some people may not, and so that question may not be pertinent, but just play with that as mm. far as giving feedback. And the other thing about the feedback is make sure that they are in a space to receive it yeah. because some people may not be open to receive it and it's just like um, pouring, you know, water down a drain pipe. It's just not going to hold. Yeah. Terrific. Okay, relatedness. So this really relates to whether you are friend or foe. How safe do I feel in this group? And and. You know, this is almost like the people factor. Do I trust you? How safe do I feel to open up? And so when we're looking at um, team interactions, this is about creating a safe environment. And this is where the leader's role is so important. What sort of culture and environment are you creating so that people do feel safe in order to share their thoughts and feelings and expectations and views about what's working and what's not working? And being friendly. Yeah. Smiling yeah. when you're walking from, you know, one office space to another when that, you open the meeting yes have a little bit of social in- interaction it doesn't have to go on for more than 30 seconds but these pleasantries are extremely important for certain personality types the other thing about this relatedness is it is closely linked to trust mm. and trust is such an important factor when you want to influence an outcome and sometimes for some people and personalities it takes a while to develop trust and for some personality types especially you know feeling extroverts it doesn't take that much as opposed to just being friendly open and sharing something about yourself 
That's so true, Jen. And so in terms of deciding whether somebody is friend or flow, it happens instantaneously. So your body language is going to be really important, which goes to your point about smile, look at people, say hello. People will respond. Because we are social beings, we will immediately respond in a positive way. And now that we know a lot about the brain-based research, about mirror neurons, we will actually start to mirror these social triggers back Mm. to one another Mm. you know what I mean so within Mm. a team and it's interesting because when in an organization if there is this silo effect and you start treating other teams as foe as competitors your capacity and there was this study you know your capacity your capacity to empathize drops significantly. So it's almost like this perpetuation of a, you're a competitor. Um, I don't really care if, if your team is failing. It actually means less and less and less to me. If I, if I as a, as a manager is setting up, oh, that's them. This is us. We are the A team. They're the B team. Yeah. They're our competitors. Yeah. Yeah. So even in a leadership conversation is how have you contributed to someone else's success? Yeah. In another team's team. success. Yeah. Because yeah. that's how you actually start to demonstrate that this is a really important consideration. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have fairness. And this fairness is a perception of fair exchange between people, this state of reciprocity, because unfairness really does generate a strong threat response. If I feel that I'm being uh, undermined, it's not or if you have a different set of rules for one. and yeah for, for for one person in your team because you want I don't know they might be a single parent and so you cut them or you feel as though you're cutting them a bit of slack unless the whole team is aware of that in some way you know and you're sharing being open mm. then there can be that perception of it being unfair mm. and that's that response is going to be triggered really quickly and people are going to notice that and it's going to have a negative impact on some of the other social elements in terms of relatedness Mm. of your team Mm. so fairness and reciprocity we know it is a um it's significant particularly uh in the context of teams yeah so so even you know this scarf model what i love about it is it is so adaptable adaptable for so many different environments. Like if I was a HR professional, I'd be looking at my performance management system. Does it have these considerations? Yeah. Uh, if I'm running a appraisal interview, am I touching on these points with people? If I'm running team workshops, mm. am I con- considering these elements in my interactions for stakeholders especially because really this is about how to influence an outcome and influence people so last tip michelle if you were a a leader Mm. what would what would be your primary consideration knowing what you know about the scarf model be mindful Mm. be mindful and it's just a be considered It's almost like as you move through your life, as you move through the office, as you move through your day, just be mindful of the impact that you are having on others. Great. Okay. What about you, Jen? I think if it was me, I would be setting myself up because, you know, when we move through our day and we've got a busy agenda, we just become sometimes transactional. So I think I would have a little bit of a focus for the week, you know, like even if it's I'm just going to be mindful of 
that that the status. I'm right. going to be mindful of um, including people, using that inclusive language, and allowing people to feel full, to feel that they are contributing. What a great idea! Like at the beginning of each meeting, just write down S C A R F all the words, and just you know, and have a review at the end of the meeting. How do I go according to that model? Yeah. Okay. Great talking to you, Jan. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the People Leaders Podcast. For show notes and other resources, please visit us at peopleleaderspodcast.com. While you're there, you can subscribe for future episodes so you can continue your own leadership journey. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with your friends and colleagues. The People Leaders Podcast is brought to you by the Experts on Air Podcast Network. Thank you.